Hey everybody, welcome to Terror Talk. Let me tell you about this movie real quick. Two women form an unlikely connection when Sam, a gas station clerk, receives a misdialed call from Emily, who is running from her murderous ex-boyfriend in the woods. Having lost her glasses in her escape, Emily must rely on Sam's eyes using the video call in order to survive. Unseen is the latest thriller from Blumhouse Productions, available to buy or rent on digital now. This film is not rated. Thanks a lot, you guys. On to the show. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Happy Friday. Welcome to Terror Talk with Shannon and Kathy. Happy Friday to you, Shannon. Hello. I'm already getting excited for Monster Palooza in oh June. My God. And it's only March. Uh, and then after June comes uh, pre Halloween stuff in the <laughs> store. Yeah, yeah. Shit starts to go down. I was going to talk to you actually about have you done the Stranger Things experience? I did. I did it during COVID. Right. And, yeah. and I'm sorry. I don't remember what you thought of it. I mean, my God, it was so great to have something. Because it's still there and so yeah. I'm contemplating I mean, as I, part of my summer activities, you know, for horror, like sure. maybe doing it. I would totally do it again with you. It, it's um, it's a lot of fun. It's interactive. You stay in your car. I'm sure it's even more fun now that like you don't yeah. have to have masks on in your car and the windows. Yeah, you maybe know. they added some things to it. Or but <laughs> it's cool because it takes you through the different and there could be another season added now too because it's oh, been right. since all of that. But the grand finale is a lot of fun and the uh, the Demogorgons come up to the car and they look really cool. And the guys, uh, the characters that they have <laughs> playing the actors look just like the actors and they really oh, get into fun. it. So I thought it was fun. Yeah. You know, why yeah. not? Yeah, no, I was just, I was thinking about it because I, I also had this other thing that I thought that you and I should do. Like I knew, I figured you, I knew, I remembered vaguely that you had been to yeah. the Stranger Things. So I wanted to get a, a quick review of that because I couldn't sure. remember. But then also I wanted to tell you that there's a Horror Vibes coffee shop going in. And Excuse me? That's in North Hollywood. What? Yes. So I wanted to go with you. I thought that could be when one of our When does it things. open? Okay. So let me read this. Let's make sure we have it Is that what right. it's called or that's just what they're, um, how they're describing it? <clears throat> Nightmare on Maple Street, it says. The Candyman Dolce de Leche chai day on the 13th which was february what we're talking about last month these are just some of the special brews you can now order up at horror vibes coffee a unique coffee shop in north hollywood that aims to be starbucks for horror fans shut your mouth i'm on the thing right now okay this you know what we're gonna have to do mm -hmm. because this is on the way to horror nights 
Oh. We might have to like make a day of, of you know the horror vibes. I mean, like day. stop there, get a coffee, get I don't know, yeah, like on maybe the way. Be a shop we can find sure. over there. Yeah. So bloody disgusting. I'm reading this on bloody disgusting's own Vanessa Decker, yeah. the host of our original series Hello Horror, had a chance to sip some spooky specialties on a recent trip to Horror Vibes Coffee, and Vanessa also lets us know that the shop will be serving up a special Hello Horror treat this month. This was February, so that's already passed. But um, beginning this week meaning the middle of february and running through the end of the month you'll be able to grab this limited hello horror chai uh, but they have a whole they're located at 5251 lancashire boulevard which if you know north hollywood's right there in the heart of it it's right there in the thick of it and it looks super cute on the outside like horror vibes coffee is the logo but the horror is red and then vibes coffee is white and the I'm stickers cool looking forward to the artwork in i guess on the walls in there pays tribute from everything terrifier to to scream it's all of course decorated out they've got chucky and annabelle dolls and lots of photographs and everything so my feeling based yeah. on yes, i'm ma'am. totally projecting on what she looks like cool. is she's gonna let us interview her <laughs> that'd be great that'd be awesome that'd be a lot of fun i can bring the uh i mean we'll bring this to monster palooza too but i can bring our you know listen that might be a relationship we need to make. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah right how cool is this wow okay she kathy has dreams of recording the podcast inside the coffee shop hey remote i may or maybe i will do like a um a live poetry reading that's horror facts with Kath in a corner <laughs> one night. You know what? It looks like there's a NoHo and a Hollywood location. Oh, this is going to be. <laughs> so I have subscribed to the email because, you know, we need to know these things. <laughs> sure. So, so I just want to let you know. About I love that. that. I'm super excited about that. Right on. I want to add to our bloody disgusting conversation. Yeah. The show did not want me to discuss what I was about to discuss because when I pulled it up, it snapped to another article. Here we go. (laughs) It's like, no, you're talking about this one. There's a documentary coming out about movie props called Mad Props with Robert Englund and Lance Henriksen. And I am such a movie prop makeup nerd that I'm very excited about this. So it's an upcoming documentary titled Mad Props will feature insights from horror legends, including Robert Englund, Lance Henriksen, and Mickey Rourke. The feature-length documentary from Price Productions and director Juan Pablo Rianoso has wrapped production and it's said to follow a handsome nerd as he journeys the globe to turn the conventional art world on its head, proving to historians and critics alike that movie props are as important in art form as the greatest paintings and sculptures in history. Agreed. So I think if, if it's done right, this is going to be a lot of fun to watch. That's awesome. I'm looking forward to that. I mean, the other thing I'm also looking forward to is Eli Ross Thanksgiving. Mm. Patrick Dempsey is in talks to a star in the throwback slasher. You know, this is a, it's a feature version of the popular faux trailer that Eli Roth shot for Grindhouse back in 2007. And so, uh, anyway, Patrick Dempsey's in talks. Who knows if that'll really happen? Starts shooting in March. I know that there are lots of Eli Roth haters in in my zeitgeist, but yes. I, but that doesn't mean I don't bring the news. Uh, and listen, it's a I'll Thanksgiving give him a horror. It's a Thanksgiving slasher horror. And even if you hate it or he ruins it, I just there aren't very many. <laughs> no, that's <laughs> so, right. So I do like you know 
adding to the holiday genre. I like the holiday horror. So. Me too. And I haven't hated everything. Like I liked Cabin Fever. Well, there you go. I just think there's some things that he could. Bleh, I understand. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's exciting. I'm, I'm really excited to check out this coffee shop though. Because nice. my two of my favorite things are horror and coffee. <laughs> I know, right? Like mm-hmm. who doesn't like that? Mm-hmm. All right. Now we're going to do a little thing that we like to call. Speaking of grinding. So I had to learn what this was in my my neuropsych class in my doctoral program. So I wonder if you may already know what this is. What is prosopagnosia? I'm writing it down. You let me ready. Let me know when you're ready for number two. Proso who? Proso. Pagnosia. All right. Number two. Other than our fingers, what other part of our body has a unique print? Oh, okay. Number three. The novel The Magic Island, written by William Seabrook, was turned into this 1932 horror film by what name? Oh, interesting. Okay. Number four, in 1994, the LAPD arrested a man for dressing like blank and standing outside of old people's windows. Oh, Lord. Right. (laughs) And number five, (sighs) what syndrome can make certain people believe in an, uh, of an unseen presence, like spirit, which is there to help and provide comfort during traumatic experiences? Mm. Mm Okay. Come back at the end of the show. <laughs> I know. I know you're all show. dying to know. Skip all this movie business and just get the facts at the end. No. Um. Uh, at the end, we'll get the answers to those. I will guess mercilessly wrong, and then we will chat about it. All right. So we've just uh, well a little bit ago we finished a book called How to Sell a Haunted House by Grady Hendrix, and we have a book club in our Patreon. And so that was just what February's book. Yeah, I guess. Let me just read a little bit about it. So everybody is reminded. So Grady Hendrix takes on the haunted house in a thrilling new novel. that explores the way your past and your family can haunt you like nothing else. When Louise finds out her parents have died, she dreads going home. She doesn't want to leave her daughter with her ex and fly to Charleston. She doesn't want to deal with her family home stuffed to the rafters with the remnants of her father's academic career and her mother's lifelong obsessions with puppets and dolls. She doesn't want to learn how to live without the two people who knew and loved her best in the world. So, so it does start out with some grief and, and all of that. But, you know, she goes back and the hilarity ensues. Yes. Yes. Uh, what's your overall feeling about this book? What did you like? Well, you know, it was typical Grady, which I think what I mean by that is it was a really good balance between good comedy and horror. I think there was also a what it reminded me a, a little bit of was the drama that we got in final girl support group that we don't get in all of his books. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the, there was a backstory to these characters. I mean, he always, his stuff is always character driven. Don't get me wrong, but this one just had a little bit more trauma and mm-hmm. 
stuff that I saw in Final Girl Support Group that I don't see in all of his books. Right. Um, so I enjoyed that. And then also I can just tell he's getting more and more visual because he's probably moving, hopefully, to doing films or TV. And so I thought that the story was, it wasn't my favorite book that he's written, mm-hmm. but I did like it. I mm-hmm. thought it was good. Yeah. yeah, I thought it was solid. I mean, I always, I always experience him as you know smart, and I usually experience him as more funny than than this book. This book wasn't as funny as I no. have experienced some of his characters being. There are moments that are there really are more funny. moments, yeah. of course. I mean, when you uh, and obviously you know there's puppets and dolls involved, as we mentioned. So you know that can be funny and also scary. And I personally didn't find a lot of humor in what mm-hmm. was going on. There were of course funny character driven moments cuz there's a brother and sister relationship going on. But that and gets serious after a while. That gets very serious. They have a little bit of, you know, what a brother and sister would talk about, you know, like that's kind of funny, like just giving each other shit and stuff like that. That gets a little funny sometimes, but there's such a depth of like fucked up shit that's gone on in this family that it's just not funny. So I didn't get the humor that I generally like to get mm-hmm. <laughs> from the characters being more tongue in cheek and then and then going into hell together kind of thing. That's usually what it's like, horror store and best friends exorcism. And like, of course, that had a lot of humor in it, a lot of nostalgia. And then uh, the final door support group, uh, you know, had more kind of cultural humor, just the funniness of that community and stuff. But yeah, not funny, but smartly written. Mm hmm. He's an easy read. And he really I is. I don't know if all his books are that because I don't read all of them, but he he really is an easy read, and I and I do believe that because that always he has always I would say I would argue from the horror store, which is the earliest book I ever read. Mm-hmm. He's a cinematic writer, and mm-hmm. that makes that goes down well. Horror like, store would be a great movie, like a delightful sparkling water. It yeah. just goes down smooth. Yeah for most readers and does it have to be your favorite book in the world no of course but you can say i think most people can say like it's a fast easy read sure i'm gonna say it's like if you like horror and you like fun horror there there are definitely scary scary parts especially if you have an imagination like Mm -hmm. most readers do and you can imagine the things in the climactic moments actually happening or happening in a movie you can see how creepy and fucked up they'd be uh but there is a lot more drama in this book than i'm used to with him that's how i felt too and like i said that's okay whatever people change (laughs) yeah but you know maybe he is and maybe he isn't because i felt like final girl support group it wasn't as serious, but it had more of that drama yes, in it. Yes. And then he was able to go back and do some of these other things. Um, I think he's gone back and forth. Although was Final Girl Support Group his last one? Was that before this one? Uh, or was, was there in one in 2021? So it must have been. Yeah. Okay. And then before that was Southern Book Club. And Southern Book Club's hilarious. Slaying. So yeah. that was 2020. And I found that funny. Best Friends Exorcism yeah. was 2016. It was really funny. Horror Story was 2014. It yeah. was really funny. And yeah. So maybe he's got a little more serious. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but, you know, or he's just going through. Whatever. It's the whatever. Ever, but he is uh i always enjoy him yeah i i think we would both recommend it uh, uh, like i have a i have a feeling like this is a the beach read version of a horror book to me like okay yeah because like, it's fast it's yeah. fast and fun and yes of course there's creepy parts but like it's just 
that's what a beach read is to me. Right. Something that I can read a couple chapters of and feel like I had a meal and then come back to it the next day. And just, it just kind of moves fast and light to me. For sure. Although, even though we're saying there's a lot of drama and a lot of like traumatic shit that happened to this family. So if you dive into that, I guess, or if you resonate with that on a personal level, it's not going to be as light. But for me, it was... It was a quick read. Agreed. So, and the next book in our book club that we have begun reading is a book called Alice by Christina Henry. So let me just tell you the premise of that really quickly. So this book is the first, it's called the Chronicles of Alice. Number one, Alice by Christina Henry. So there's obviously more it's from 2015. It's described as a mind bending new novel inspired. Well, it's not new anymore. 2015 inspired by the twisted and wondrous works of Lewis Carroll. And again, we're reading that in our book club. And I actually, I actually took quotes that were like memeable quotes from this book and use them as the event posters and stuff. And so I found some interesting quotes, but anyway, in a warren of crumbling buildings and desperate people called the old city, there stands a hospital with cinder block walls, which echo the screams of the poor souls inside in the hospital. There's a woman, her hair once blonde hangs in tangles down her back. Sound like anyone you might know, Alice. Hello. She doesn't remember why she's in such a terrible place. Just a tea party long ago and long ears and blood. I'm not going to read anymore. So that's the little bit of a premise. And so I'm excited. It's for a this. series, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. There's a few. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, it's pretty short. It's only like a little less than 300 pages. So we're going to, we're going to kill that in three weeks, man. Relax. 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 <laughs> Clam down. God, relax. <laughs> what did you watch? Lady. I'm going to start with one that I'm just left feeling. Ugh. Oh. Uh, <laughs> okay. So I watched Skinnamarink. Oh yeah. Yeah, I've seen that. Well, I I talked about it on the show. Oh, you have? Mm -hmm. Okay, maybe I just didn't realize that's what you were talking about. Did you talk about it recently? Yeah. Oh, shit. Okay. Go for it. Experimental horror film, Canadian film, came out in 2022. It is found footage-like. In 1995, four-year-old Kevin injures himself in what his six-year-old sister Kaylee sees as a sleepwalking incident. Kevin is then taken to a hospital and brought back home. The father calls someone and tells them that the hospital didn't need to give Kevin stitches and he only hit his head. Sometime later, the two siblings wake up in the middle of the night to find that their father has seemingly disappeared and that the windows, doors, and other objects in their house are gradually vanishing as well. It's very experimental. It's a, it's very artsy. It has, I will say that it does have some moments. There's no dialogue, by the way, in this movie. It's all camera shots and angles. It's very grainy, like a 1970s horror film. (laughs) It has a poltergeist feel. If poltergeist didn't have dialogue and the TV was running for two hours, you hear the little kids' voices. The camera angles are really clever in the sense that they are shot uh, low as if they're coming from the the perspective of the the children who tend to um so they they recognize that their father is isn't in the house in the middle of the night so they do whatever they do to comfort one another you see a lot of shots of like toys in the living room and legos and all you really see is this light of the tv and experimental in the sense that it's really just a bunch of camera angles and lighting and weird sounds and shots that are creating the narrative I will say there are a couple of jump scares, but it is not great. I think it's going to not be, I don't think it's going to be a movie that people really 
remember or it's going to be something that develops into a genre because it it's like looking at a painting. It's not most people go to watch films unless you know exactly what you're getting into. Most people go to watch films to see a story and the story in this is just very ambiguous and abstract and it's, it's art. Mm -hmm. So it, it did what it was supposed to do in that way. But uh, after about 40 minutes, you're like, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A lot of people have that reaction to it. Yeah. But there were, I, I appreciated it for what it was because it, it was very different Mm-hmm. And just through the ends of or the lens of like horror and art, it was certainly clever. I mean, it, it was a mood for sure. Yeah. I mean, just know, and you can go back to the other episode where I talk about it too and get my opinion and, and then, you know, make your own just, I think as a, if you're a person that wants to watch like what's going on in horror, it's, it's a good, it's a good way to go because mm-hmm. the guy who, who shot it, it was made for $15,000. It was, you know, went to the festivals. It's, it's clever in the sense that if you kind of know a little bit about what it is going in, I think it's better mm-hmm. if, unless you are used to watching it ex- because it is billed as an experimental That's horror right. film. So yeah. I think the way it succeeds is that there's a lot of talk about it. And I've engaged in several conversations with people in the horror community about it and their thoughts and feelings about it and what they think happened in the house and how you know, people have different, I won't go into it because maybe most, maybe a lot of our audience hasn't seen it yet. And and it would be an interesting discussion topic for you and your horror friends, because some people have theories about what happens to the kids that are in the house, what certain sounds mean, what certain, you know, so there's a, it's like a projective test. It's really interesting. That's exactly what it is. It forces you to sit with your feelings and the, it's very kind of, it's very creepy and I would recommend that if you are going to take it on, that you wear headphones, watch it alone, go in knowing very little, and see what your imagination does for you with it. It's it's something like that. And just know that this guy like shot it in you know uh, the like a house he grew up in, and it was made for fifteen grand. And there's a lot of like personal whatever. So if you're into like supporting independent film, mm-hmm. I say like check it out. But, you yeah. can tell. I mean, everything he did in this film was deliberate. You know, it wasn't just for effects. Like every angle, every shot. I appreciate it for that. Well, and I think yeah. like not enough happens. It's too long. Not enough happens. It was a short film that he made into a, a larger film. It's and an hour I, and 40 I minutes. Yeah. And I appreciate that. But yeah, it's too long. It goes on too long. It's too empty. You want more things to happen. And I don't even care if it's just more sights and sounds. That's right. Like that's fine. And, and that's okay. And, and you don't have to give me, I don't need the answers to whatever mm-hmm. you're telling. Like I can use a projective test just as much as the next person. That's fine. They're just, it's too, it's too empty. It goes on too long. I completely agree with that. And it was a short film they made into a longer film and, and it just, it works it, as it a short too long. It works as it's very powerful as a short. I imagine because that first Absolutely. 45 minutes I was captivated. Yep. 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 And then just nothing happens and cool. I'm glad you saw it just because mm-hmm. I think it's a, I think anyone who loves horror should give it a watch. Uh, yeah, I think it's a thing for the year, you know. I, yeah. You see the things, right? Yeah. And so we try to see the things. I finally saw Nanny, which I think maybe you saw and reviewed at one point. Oh, I can't quite remember. It's a 2022 flick. Aisha 
an undocumented immigrant lands a job as a nanny for a wealthy Manhattan couple. I have she, not seen it. As she prepares for the... Okay, yeah, I was wrong. You never know. As she prepares for the arrival of the son she left behind in Senegal, a violent presence begins to invade both her dreams and her reality, threatening to destroy the American dream she has painstakingly pieced together. So I've been wanting to see this a while, for a while. It's on Amazon Prime, and I just finally got to it, which I was I was happy to do, and and I was glad I did. It's a pretty good cast. Yeah, it's got a good cast. My overall take from this is that I did like it. It's not something I necessarily watch again. Two and a half stars is what that is to me. If I put a three star on something, it means like I would watch this again, and I would recommend this movie to for people to see. But I wouldn't necessarily sit and watch it again. It's not one of those. I found it pretty devastating. It's a it's a very intimate, devastating, class-based, more drama than horror. And it's a character study of an immigrant. And, and it's so well acted. And it's a feature debut by this director. And I just hope they do more because... It was done really well, really polished. And if you embrace the main character, this woman at all, and and sort of look what she goes through and then follow that emotional arc through to the end, I think think you can enjoy the emotional journey of this film. That's the kind of film it is. Okay. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Uh, The other one I'm going to talk about scared the bejesus out of me. Didn't get great. (laughs) uh, It didn't get the best reviews, but, you know... Whatever. We all like what we like. Yep. This movie came out in 2021. It's called The Deep House. It's a thriller, supernatural. A young and modern couple go to France to explore an underwater house. Yeah, I've seen it. I God, loved it. I, I loved this movie. Yeah, and it's one of my favorite. It's found footage, right? It, it Sort of, yeah. It's, it's kind of like a combination. So it doesn't start off as found footage. Ben and Tina are a young, engaged New York couple and passionate YouTube contributors who are traveling to Europe and seeking out reputedly haunted houses to live record their experiences. One day they go to southwest France to seek out a sanatorium submerged in an artificial lake only to find it at a crowded vacation spot. A local, Pierre, offers to take them to an isolated branch of the lake in the forest of Chanteloupe, an area which was artificially submerged in 1984 to prevent frequently reoccurring devastating floods. The area he is leading to them contains a mansion which he claims has remained perfectly preserved. Okay, without giving anything away, I'm just going to tell you to watch it. What I love about this movie is that it it breaks all of what... um, a lot of horror films now have to go back to like pretend it's the seventies or eighties because we have cell phones and we have all these ways of getting hold of people when we're trapped, but because it's underwater and they're in scuba gear um, and they can only communicate with one another. And then a series of all these other things happen while they're trying to record their experience. It becomes to me, it, you become more and more claustrophobic. You feel trapped with them. And then the real horror emerges while they're in there and my God, this was effective. Mm-hmm. This movie was effective for me. Yep. I really enjoyed it. And it went on my my list of like favorite found footages ever. Like I, I, I'm not a person that like likes a lot of them. We've talked about yeah, this me a neither. lot of times. And so mm-hmm. this one's on my on my list. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. Oof. Yeah. Ooh. Underwater found footage basically. Yeah. <laughs> I I really enjoyed it. So that's cool. I saw a movie called Wounds. 
Disturbing and mysterious things begin to happen to a bartender in New Orleans after he picks up a phone left behind at his bar. 2019. I, I, I also gave this one two and a half stars. And it's interesting because... <laughs> in some ways I'm not sure why you know how sometimes you just watch a movie and you get to the end of it and so as we do we need to reflect on the movies we watch because we want to be able to say like why we liked it or why we didn't I just the tension for the in this movie was really strong for me and it is one of those movies that doesn't it doesn't really wrap up like stuff happens and it's not a ton of horror, but it's creepy and confusing. And you're really on this ride with this guy. And it, it's, I don't know, I was kind of captivated the whole time. I mean, if you like Army Hammer and Dakota Johnson, they're in a couple in this movie. And it's really his story that that, that actor is, is really doing the lion's share of the work. But I don't know, there was something about it that, just really captivated me with their relationship, but also like his slow descent. <laughs> uh, it's funny because the review that I wrote, it really, it literally just said, <laughs> I enjoyed the bugs and the gaping hole, which I won't give away what that is. It's just like super weird. Mm. It's super weird. It's like the tension really got me. That's that. Okay. I wouldn't watch it again necessarily. It's one of those, the two and a half star ones, but it's memorable. Like sure. a lot of the movies I go to review on the show, I'm like, okay, I got to remind myself, which fucking movie is this? Right. This one, I don't have to remind myself at all. Cool. So, something, something, something happened. stood out for you. Something happened. Yeah. Now we're going to talk about a little thing called. <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, that. <laughs> Shannon, what is prosopagnosia? I think I know, and I think it might be the only one I know of today's question, so I hope I do know it. I think it's face blindness. Yeah, the okay. inability to recognize faces. Sometimes uh, that could include their own face. How yeah. confusing would How that be? How disorienting would that you're be? You're looking in the mirror, you're like, who is that? That That's would be terrifying. That's me because I'm standing here. We have a part in our brain, a part of our brain that actually remembers faces too. So they, you know, they say that we can't dream of a face we haven't seen in some way, shape or form. Not only is it recognition, like it could be someone we haven't seen in a very long time and our brain might go, I've seen this person somewhere before. Mm -hmm. uh, so this is something that blinds all of that. People you know, people that you've run into, maybe even your own face. That's really awful. Yeah really scary and i mean um, i've met people with facial blindness before is the only reason why i knew what it meant yeah so they sometimes will recognize through a voice or something right stature you know yeah like all the red the hair or whatever else because the brain has a way of fix like you know over or not over but compensating for yeah, that they find ways to survive mm -hmm. in our culture yeah. number two other than our fingers what other part of our body has a unique print well i struggle with this because there's kind of lots of them like feet eyes well, you don't put your eye down on tongue. something. Yes. E ears. Okay. Tongue. Teeth. Tongue has a very specific. Well, teeth has an impression. Mm -hmm. This is mostly like an actual thumbprint. Okay. Yeah. The novel, The Magic Island, written by William Seabrook, was turned into the, this 1932 horror film. 
Of what name? By what name? I really have no idea. I'm excited to find out, though. <laughs> White Zombie. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm very much not a 30s and 40s. I'm not either, which is aficionado. I know nothing. Which is why I like these questions because it gives us yeah, some yeah, history, right? For sure. Number four, in 1994, the LAPD arrested a man for dressing like blank and standing outside of old people's windows. <laughs> this is so fucked. The Grim Reaper? Yes. <gasps> oh, that was a guess. Oh, I got one right. <laughs> That's so fucked. That was a guess because of the old people. Yeah. So, like, what would be the worst? For sure. That'd be the worst thing. <laughs> Number five, what syndrome can make certain people believe of an unseen pre presence, like a spirit, which is there to help and provide comfort during traumatic experiences? Christianity? The third man factor okay. is what it's called. And some people, some experts will say it's a good coping mechanism just because it can help someone from like experiencing so much trauma in that moment because they don't feel like they're alone. Yeah. God. <laughs> Same thing. Yeah. That's why I said Christianity. Yeah. Just <laughs> yes. a spirit of any kind. Yeah. I mean, like a benevolent, yeah. a benevolent spirit that you carry with you could be any kind of faith system, I guess. Okay. Well, I got a couple, right? That, that makes you me did. feel, you know, pretty, not so bad. Pretty good about myself. Thank you so much. Thank you for coming to the show. Thanks You're for welcome. showing up today, Kathy. You're so welcome. I appreciate that. And uh, we thank you so much for being listeners. Check out our Patreon. Check out our social medias. Get in conversations with us. We would love to have you. And f with that, happy horror month. I just made that up. <laughs> this has been an episode of Terror Talk. My name is Shannon. And I'm Kathy. Sleep safe, everyone.